0: Welcome back to Let's Talk About It. In today's episode, we are discussing food discipline. Many people in America have a weird relationship with food, and a majority of the people are overweight. So let's talk about it. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Again, We are here. It's me and Austin, and we are excited to be doing this podcast. Again, the goal is 52 episodes for 52 weeks. And this is episode five of this year. So let's get after it. Austin, how have you been? I've been so great. I'm packing right now for a trip to
1: Spain. It's my uncle's 50th birthday. And so he invited a bunch of his close friends from all over the world to come celebrate in Spain. So I have a week off of rotations, and I'm going to go celebrate a little bit it's gonna be how awesome a, how long's the flight if you leave from the east coast it's eight hours our flights from dallas so it's nine mm,
0: okay pretty easy dallas to madrid yeah i need to get over there for sure i want to go to portugal and i want to go to spain and all that stuff so gotta make it happen you already have a tour guide <laughs> uh I don't this know guy I right here now, just <laughs> all right so we're gonna get into the topic this is another one of austin's topics that he brought to the the idea of the drawing board when we were talking about doing these podcasts. And he labeled it as food discipline. And I want you to take it away because curious on your thoughts and why you wanted to talk about this. I wanted to talk about this because it seems to be a huge
1: factor of contributing to some issues, some real issues we have in society, especially America being, I think, the most obese nation in the world. mm mm-hmm or at least having, I don't know if we could award it such a prestigious title, maybe we could say one of the largest nations in the world as far as obesity is concerned. And that all comes down to discipline with food and what you're eating, what you're putting in your body. And I feel like I can sympathize a little bit with the plight of somebody who doesn't really know much of what to do, what's good, what's bad, or maybe they don't know how. But I feel like if that's something you can get under control in your life, it's going to just, you're, you will reap the rewards forever, for the rest of your life, your family, your children, your life, everybody will be influenced by your discipline with food because of how rare it's becoming.
0: And I love that you wanted to talk about this. And you, you basically said how rare it is and how it's going to kind of correlate to everything that you do in your life. And I say when you want to start controlling the right things in your life, and it, the first thing you need to do is control what you put in your mouth. And that's because of the performance. You know, I think the big thing that I've learned with controlling the food that I eat is I don't want to feel like crap. And I'm always looking for the best or the optimal food that's going to give me the best performance in the gym or to run or to walk or to do whatever. And I think we've gotten away from that in America, as you said, and we're more of like lack of self-control and just kind of eating to feel good. And I think this is going to be a good topic to discuss.
1: I agree. And I can get in kind of with my experience I guess learning a lot more and and developing this skill a lot more than it was before because I felt like I used to be pretty weak in this area I mm-hmm. I grew up learning how to do hard things and I was active in sports and would work out occasionally and it was just you know had a very active lifestyle and my parents never had an abundance of unhealthy foods or they you know I, my mom made a lot of our dinners from scratch mm-hmm. and we had a, a very well balanced diet. And it, I felt, it seems like the more I was on my own and the more I had to be really constrained by money, the more that I began to think of okay, when, the, well, there is something tasty, some treat that I like, then I need to take advantage of the occasion because it's not always here. Mm-hmm. And then also when everybody has vices, and uh, I think one of mine is I have a sweet tooth. And so I started to equate doing something difficult, you know, racking up wins in my life with time for a reward. Time to smack that snooze button like it delivers morphine. No, but time to at least get a brownie or have a Dr. Pepper or crawl into a huge bag of Chick-fil-A because I did something hard. Yeah, it's time to celebrate. I earned this. And, uh, you know, when you line up a bunch of hard things in your life, you start to have a lot of rewards that you're taking too. And it got to a point where I was, the heaviest I think I'd ever been was about 200 pounds in December of 2020. And I mean, I still have a passport picture I took in January. It is striking the difference that I've made. But as I I actually started working out with Nate because I knew I wanted to make a change in my life. And then I did the 75 hard program and the live hard program. And I did lose about 30 pounds from a sack of sadness that used to just sit around my waist. And totally changed my physique, but also learned so much about this food discipline. And there are a couple major things that I I learned that I want to talk about. But before that, Nate, any thoughts about, I don't know, maybe your experience up to this point, what it's been
0: like? Yeah. So I'm someone I'm someone who kind of gains weight very fast. So I'm very strict with what I consume. And I make sure that I don't have it in my house. And that's my self-control, is not having it present. Because if it's there, I'm going to be like, oh, let me just go in the cabinet throw a couple peanuts or some chocolate chips in my mouth. So if it's not present, it's I can't even touch it. So I, I I stay away from it in the first place when I go to the grocery store. But I think the point that I was really trying to get to before I got to that was, there was a point in my life where I was like, I'm going to eat because I'm exercising and I'm going to eat all the food because I can go exercise and burn all that. But again, I, I want to come back to the performance. If you're not tracking your food if you're not eating the right food you're not going to have the best performance you're not going to have the best outcome and you're going to feel like crap eating all this greasy food and eating all this like heavy food that you still feel heavy from the night before and the next day and i think you need to balance that and i think i think a lot of it is a lot of people are worried about straight abstinence versus actually restraint and i was re- I'm reading a book right now by Ryan Holiday and he talks about abstinence versus restraint he says abstinence is the absolutely complete avoidance of everything but restraint is self-control. Yeah, go have that cookie. If you're at a restaurant and there's one cookie, have that cookie. If you're going to have, let's say, a drink, have one cocktail and milk it the whole night. Why go over the top where you're so uncomfortably full the next day or you're so drunk that you don't remember what happened the night before? Enjoy your things with self-control. And I think that's how everything should be in life. I agree. I think, I think
1: the self-control is nirvana. Self-control is where you want to go. That would be the best world. You just have that self-control. For me, I had to start with abstinence. And Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, 75 hard requires complete strict adherence to the diet plan you choose for yourself. And I chose something that was really restrictive that I hadn't done before. And it wasn't outrageous. I wasn't being unhealthy, but I cut out sweets and desserts and fried Mm -hmm. greasy fast foods. And I only drank water unless it was the milk in my protein shakes. And for somebody who loves Dr. Pepper and loves brownies and would frequent Chick-fil-A, that was a huge change for Mm me to do straight for 75 days. And that it was only by abstinence that I was able to break some of these molds that I had in my mind. I think the first one was that if if the opportunity is there, I have to seize it. Mm-hmm. If there is a donut there, I have to take it. Who knows when I'll get donuts again. If there is a Dr. Pepper there, well, I don't have Dr. Pepper all the time. I should probably drink this here now. Mm-hmm. And it helped me break that because there were a number of times where I was at parties or at at restaurants or even in my own house, I would see something and be like, you know, I, that'll be there tomorrow. Or I actually don't feel like having that right now. So I don't need to have that right now. And it helped me break that first mold and I think another one for me was the how food gets tied up with
0: occasions. I was just about how, to say that. Yeah, t- tell me about it before I go on. I just think that in America, probably all over the world, but a big thing in America is you're going to go watch the big game? Let's have pizza and wings. Oh, you're going to go, you just graduated, let's go to uh, a restaurant, have all the food, have all the sweets. And I think it comes back to what you kind of talked about as this food reward. You know, I think I've done something good. I deserve this. But the way I like to look at it and I like to talk about it is, people have all done this before you. You know, someone's graduated college, someone's graduated high school, someone's got a promotion. You know, act like that. That act like that. Why go and go over the top and have all this food or binge drink and and go excessive when you're not doing anything new that no one's not done before? You know? Absolutely.
1: And the other thing is that I feel like my mentality was, well, if I don't have this on this big occasion, like a birthday or Christmas or a wedding, if I don't have this food now, that will cheapen, that'll lessen the experience that Christmas won't be Christmas won't be Christmas or this, uh, but this wedding, it's a celebration of every, you know, I'm a very big social eater as well. And it taught me to break that because when I was at a place where everybody grabbed a cookie and I didn't, one thing is no one noticed, no one cared. And the other thing was, I didn't have a different experience. If anything, the experience might've been better there because then I didn't have that kind of gross feeling that you have after you had some garbage food. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, it inspired me to, uh, because the first time I did Live Hard, it just conveniently fell that anytime I was doing the strict abstinence diet, it was never on a holiday. Mm -hmm. or a day like a birthday or a wedding, or it just never fell on one of those days. And so I, I did live hard again this last year. And I started on January 1st, because I knew that would mean I would be on this program, this diet, at the very least on my birthday, and on Christmas and New Year's. And then there were some other things as well. But I had some friends who I was talking to about it. And they, but one of them told me, no, there's, there's no way I could do that so much of my family's Christmas is tied up around the food that we have together. Like that would, that that would ruin Christmas. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they said ruin, but that was the heavy implication. And I was shocked because, you know, I'm, I'm religious and I uh, really enjoy, I love Christmas time and all that it means and it represents. And I thought how, how cheap that was to think of a holiday and what it represents as being less. If you didn't get to have garbage food all the time, And so I I did it because I wanted to try it and challenge myself, but then also despite anybody who said that it was ridiculous to try and do that on a holiday. And I did it this last year and Christmas was great. Yeah. And I think my birthday was wonderful. Had some homemade food. I had a steak. I had Mm -hmm. asparagus. I, it was great. I didn't need that food. And so when you can break that occasion mentality of, oh, I need to have this because this is the occasion when you don't have that, you
0: realize Nothing happens. If anything, it goes better because you don't feel gross after. And I want to kind of touch on two topics there, especially with like the occasional or the social eating and the social drinking. And you don't drink alcohol, but a big thing is like, I need a social drink. Like I'm out. What are they going to think? You have to have alcohol to impair you as a person to have fun. What is that telling you? right? So same thing with the sweets, I need to have these sweets to to feel home to feel Christmas, there's something missing within you that you need to figure out that you need something to fill that to actually have social interactions to feel good for Christmas to interact with your family and feel connected. And I think, I think that's the problem with the society today of like, we need to go social drink, we need to go eat all this food. And by doing this self control, leads me into this. The second topic I wanted to bring up is, if you can restrain from eating those cookies, if you can restrain from drinking that drink, when you're around with every, around everyone, you're like, wow, you know, it's not where you're gonna feel better, but like, wow, look what I'm doing to better myself, while these people are kind of giving into these vices. And I think we as humans, we we all have some type of vices, like you said. But why be controlled by them? Control those vices. Control the sweet tooth. Control you wanting to have another cocktail. Control, let's say, you smoke weed. Control that. I like to smoke a bowl once a night or every other night or whatever it is. Control that. And the way I look at it is. I want my kids to see me that I'm in complete control of my life. And we know nothing's perfect in life, but why let them see that I have vices? Why let them see that things are controlling me? These outside things are controlling my life when I don't want outside things to control their life. And I think that's where this food discipline can correlate to other aspects of your life.
1: I think that's a great way to think of it as I am less free. I I have given up freedom to something as ridiculous as food that has no consciousness soul autonomy anything i but i am enslaved to food that that might be a way you need to view it an extreme way to help you kind of wake up and realize oh no this is not good mm-hmm. and you know like i said for me i had to do the abstinence first and now now i'm working on the discipline now when i'm off the program can i be healthy still is it now is it just a switch i can turn off and then i turn Well, one it's turned off i just start binging Mm-hmm. You know, now I have to learn and I am in the process of learning that self-control of, okay, I'm not really on a diet, but am I still going to be aware, be controlled? Am I going now to
0: give up my freedom as easily as I took it back? Right. And That's something that I do, even when I'm not like dieting on 75 hard or the live hard program is I weigh my food every single day and everyone's like, really, you weigh your food. That's just, that's what I do. I'm controlling what I consume. And a little example is I'm going to San Diego this weekend, and I'm finishing phase two um, on Friday, Saturday is a day where I can enjoy myself, I'm going to have the cookies, I'm going to get ice cream, probably have a beer or two. But then I'm going to start jack right back over on Sunday, back on my routine. And you have to, again, it's not about complete abstinence, there is a point where you maybe have to break that addiction or break that vice so you can relearn. But once you're at a point which you were just saying right now is once you get to a point where you're like, okay, I can have a day. And I'm not going to binge. I'm not going to fall off. And it's not going to hinder my performance at all. It's just one day.
1: Right. And what I've come to learn, too, is when I wasn't, you know, now that I'm practicing more and learning more self-control, I realize there's not really a difference between one, as as far as enjoyment goes, and the initial high that you get having something that has such high fructose corn syrup in it, (laughs) between one and five cookies, there's no enjoyment difference. It, there's a, actually a greater deficit because I feel worse after five cookies than I do after one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One Dr. Pepper verse five, like I'm going to feel terrible after five and the taste isn't changing. It's not a building mounting experience of unbridled ecstasy. The more I have, I have that hit initially that taste. And so that's helped me as well to learn a little, a lot more about portions. I don't need to have a giant cookie. Mm-hmm. I could have a fourth of that. And then I get the whole experience of eating that cookie. I know what it tastes like. I mm-hmm. the feeling of it and having that self control that discipline there and the portion control i think can help a lot of people especially in america we could we could probably bring down our portion size on the desserts and up our portion desire or increase our portion sizes on really good protein and vegetables and fruits that we're consuming more natural
0: absolutely foods. to kind of touch on that diet and we don't need to go into like certain diets or whatever but i think the Mediterranean diet where it's like heavy in protein and fish and a lot of veggies and fruits is something that America really needs to take over. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm going to be 35 in a few years, and I'm going to start shifting my exercises because one, I've accelerated, accelerated my aging because of my neck and back my accident. But two, I also don't want to have too much carbs as I get older, right, so much sugar, and even if it's a a good carb, it's going to turn to a, a sugar at a point. Um, So I want to kind of shift and you just have to find a point in your life to like, have the discipline to to shift whatever it is to shift the style of exercise to shift to the style of eating, and not be like, Oh, I need to consume this type of food. And this is the same with food discipline. If it's sweets, find the discipline to shift to consuming good food or healthier food or better options. Um, The second thing I kind of wanted to talk about, I wanted to jump back to kind of being socially um, eating, drinking, whatever it is. If you're in a point where you're cutting back food, cutting back alcohol, and those people in that group are giving you a hard time for doing that, for bettering yourself, those people need to be cut off. And I 100% agree with that. I I mean, 100% believe in that. And I think if they're giving you a hard time talking shit to you and making jokes, they don't want to improve that they don't want to improve, and they shouldn't bring you down. And you have to find a way to either raise them to your level or cut them off.
1: I think that it tells a lot about the people you spend time with if you trying to improve yourself makes them uncomfortable yep. rather than your cheerleaders, because I'm fine with somebody who isn't ready to improve, but if they're there to cheer me on, wow, look at what you're doing. Keep it up. Mm-hmm. The second that your discomfort with my improvement, I mean, that reflects an insecurity on you, but it shows that I don't think you really care about me. Like, like maybe I care about you and it might need to go to limiting time with those people or like you've said, if it comes to it, cutting them off.
0: And I think David Goggins has a voice bit on, so on Instagram where he's like, there are these people who are overachievers and people say overachiever is like a bad term, but overachievers and they make everyone else feel like shit. And we've all been there, you know, someone's doing more than us and we feel like shit. You don't want to attack them. It's like, this is when you have the realization, like, what can I do to be better? If it's food, what can I do to make my life healthier? What can I do to be more more fit? What can I do to ad- advance my career? Because they're doing that. So what is it that I need to do to do that as well? But it's when you start to be like, that person is an overachiever. They just want to showboat or they are, oh, they think they're better than the so They don't have to drink and eat. That's where you, you as the person are having an issue and you need to do some internal looking, some self-realization on what's going on with you in your life. And as a friend, if you're that person that they're giving hard time to, again, I think you should talk to them or cut them off if it's something that's continuously happening. I agree. And
1: I think that a huge part of what's wrapped up in in food discipline right now, or at least the way we consume food, is there's now an unbreakable link between food and mental health that a lot of people want to draw. I can't really speak to what that looks like and what that experience is like, because I haven't had it. Mm-hmm. I think that there are plenty of people who just overeat and to make themselves feel better, they just say they have a mental illness. And I do think there are people who have learned inappropriate coping mechanisms with stress that are Mm food-related. And uh, I, I don't want to be insensitive to people who really struggle. At the same time, you don't get a free ride. You have to do the same thing we all do if we want to look and feel better. And maybe that means different help for you. I, with my faculties, the support and love and friends that I have around me, I was able to do that really on my own. If you don't have that, maybe you need help. Maybe mm-hmm. you need to have a therapist. To, and like I've suggested before, highly vet the help that you're seeking. And like you've said, Nate, make sure if you're going to take advice from somebody that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. If you want to look a certain way, don't go to a personal trainer that doesn't look the way that you want to look. Right. right. Make sure the person you're talking to has experience in their field. But you're not excused from, from improving and from finding a way to you know to take those baby steps maybe it's, I'm not going to change anything about my habits, except I'm not going to buy this garbage food anymore. This one thing that I always get every week, I'll start cutting things out that shouldn't be there before I'll start putting things in that maybe should be there. But you have to find a way to progress if this is something that you want to take seriously, because in the end, you'll just have excuses and you won't have moved anywhere and you'll have no one to blame but yourself.
0: Right. And I think Extreme Ownership, Jocko's book, You need to be in control. You need to take the blame for things that are going on. And you can't blame other people or say, hey, that person's lucky. No one's lucky. Well, people do fall into luck. Sometimes opportunities and things do fall into people's hands. But a lot of people are doing work behind the scenes that you don't see. So if they're controlling what they eat at home, maybe that's why they're not hanging out with you for the the first few weeks, because they need to be have abstinence so that they can learn to control their thing or control that diet and control their food. Um, so I think also you're kind of alluding to that is you have to take control. Do not, do not put your, 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 your shortcomings on anyone else and have control in what's going on in your life.
1: Right? Yeah, that's, that's what I was alluding to exactly. And I know we haven't gone into any recommended diet. That's very purposeful. We're not telling you what you should eat. There are between all the diets that are available. There are whole foods plant-based, the carnivore diet, these fad things that are on top of those, these fad diets that are taking place. I think you need to find what works for you. There's so much research that has not been done yet about the microbiome, and we might find out that different diets just work differently for different people. But you need to find a way to cut out the garbage. I think is is mostly what we're talking about here having self-control over the garbage foods
0: and i think if you're gonna start and you don't know where to start is cut out some type of junk food let's say you eat all this food but you eat a whole bag of doritos not like the little snack size like a whole big old bag of doritos cut those out every single day if you eat one of those every single day cut that out start with that boom do that for a few weeks if you need to say you you have a whole basket of KFC fried chicken wings and there's 10 chicken wings in there, take two out of there, start just cutting back. And then you'll start to see this shift and you'll start to lose weight and you'll start to feel healthier. And then you'll dive into a little bit more research online and find out what works with you. But as Austin said, it's just kind of cut out the junk and start baby steps. You know, I think when I was relearning to walk, someone said there's only one way to eat an elephant it's one bite at a time. Right. So take those little bites and get to the end. And I think that's uh, that's the steps I would recommend. I think one
1: last thing I'd add is maybe I heard this from Andy Frazella. It's what I had to do. And I was doing my abstinence only with garbage food for the first time. Maybe you have to make food the enemy. Yeah. Maybe you have to look at a piece of pizza and say, you piece of sh-. like, you have no power over me. You're so like rotten. Yeah. I mean, whatever garbage and smack talk, you need to talk to it. Yeah. Whatever smack talk you need to give to an inanimate piece of food, do it. I mean, make that food the enemy and you will conquer over it. And I think one thing you were you were saying as well when you, as you are feeling healthier, you feel more confident. It's a such a small thing, but when you take control over a small thing in your life, you'll have more confidence and more momentum to keep doing it and and keep taking more control of your life.
0: I agree. And my final thoughts are: a lot of people think discipline is punishment, that they're stopping doing anything and 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 preventing having fun. But in the end, in reality, discipline is preventing punishment. And let's say it's with food. You're eating all this junk food now. You're eating all these high fatty foods. You're eating all these pizzas and all these wings. You're preventing the, if you stop eating that, you're preventing the punishment down the line from clogged arteries, from obesity, from cancers. So discipline does not equal punishment. It delays punishment or prevents punishment in the future. Amen. Amen. And with that, we'll see you on the next one.